Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke, and we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. Brooke, did you know that CVEN is offering its certification exams at no charge during the month of May? No way. What's the catch? (laughs) Brooke, there is no catch. From now until May 31st, anyone can certify in any of the CVENT solutions in just a few steps. First, you choose the certification that best suits your skills, then you start studying for the exam. You can join a study group, binge on some online training videos, and take the test on your own time. After that, share your newly earned credentials with your network. Wait, this sounds a little too good to be true. Is this only for hotel and event professionals? Nope, this includes hospitality students as well. You know what, I did hear about this. I heard it also includes the new venue sourcing certification. That's for event planners and organizers who use the Cvent supplier network. Yep, and it's at no cost. Anyone can get certified by going to cvent.com certification. You don't need a code or special link. This is free to all meetings and hospitality professionals through May 31st. Steven's offering free training as well. And this is such a great opportunity for meeting planners, suppliers, and even students. Since March, over 12,000 professionals have registered to get certified. You can join them by going to cvent.com slash certification. Now, this is a very special episode to help event industry professionals navigate their careers during these crazy times. We are joined today by Tracy Judge, the founder and chief connector of Soundings Connect, and Matt Sim, who's the lead corporate recruiter at Cvent. They're going to talk to us about some tips on how to stand out when trying to land that job that you're looking for. Yeah, that's right. You're not going to want to miss this one. Let's get to the conversation with Tracy and Matt. So Tracy and Matt, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us, Brooke. Yeah. Let's jump in and say, Tracy, how about we go first with you? Little bit of background on how and why you started Soundings Connect. And I'm super curious where that name came from too. Sure, yeah. So how I started Soundings Connect, I my experiences in third-party meeting management, I was on the agency side for most of my career. And I did uh, pretty much every position from on-site operations to meeting planning, hotel buying, um, and then went into sales and account management. And what I realized during my time was that our industry was changing a lot. And there's many factors to that, a big one of it being technology. And what used to be proprietary proprietary systems that larger agencies had, um, we now all had access to. So that changed a lot, Um, customers wanting to own their own data. And we were also in a really good economy where people were hiring on employees. So it changed, um, you know, how agencies could and were supporting their customers. Uh, One of the things that I realized, though, is that um, we, you know, when you are a customer working with an agency and at the pace business is moving now, it is sometimes hard on the agency side to keep up with it. So, um, for example, I had a customer and the planner that was assigned to her wasn't, uh, she's like, she's just not getting it. She's not getting it. And I finally talked to her and said, you know, what is the situation? And, she, and I asked her, how many marketing meetings do you sit in a week? 
And she told me, you know, five. I said, okay, how many does she? And then she understood it. And what I realized was because we're all moving so fast that, you know, agencies are great and there is a time and a place for them. But a lot of times what the customer needs is someone that can just plug in and run with them. So I realized there was a space for this in the meetings and events business at the same time I was in grad school and doing a lot of research on the gig economy and the freelance economy and how creative industries like tech and creative services were leveraging freelancers, not just to save money and handle the peaks, right? It was because they can plug in people that are skilled in a certain area and those freelancers help them innovate. So that's when I made the decision um, to leave my job and start Soundings Connect. Oh my gosh. That's a really cool journey. You really kind of saw that need and jumped right in there. It's almost like you're a, a translator between the, the idea and the execution of it, potentially. Yeah. And Soundings Connect, your question about that, um, where the name came from, is that um, Soundings is really about you know digging in deeper, right? And going below the surface and understanding the situation or people better before you make a decision of how to move forward. And that's what I really focus on in Soundings, at Soundings Connect is understanding our clients really well and understanding our freelancers and not just their expertise. Uh, we all know in the events business, there's a, there's a lot of big personalities and we're not, you're not for everyone, right? So what I try to do is focus not only on experience, but their strengths and, um, and their personality traits so I can match them uh, with clients that they'll not only have the experience to serve, but also they'll mesh well together. So it's about diving in deeper and then connecting the people. Very cool. I can't wait to hear more about this. Um, but first, Matt, fellow C-Venter, Bleed Blue, am I right? Absolutely. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up um, at Cvent. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And I, I appreciate a chance to talk about this. Yeah, so I've been doing corporate recruiting for about nine years now. And I joined Cvent about four and a half years ago. Uh, I'll be honest, it was the easiest transition I've ever had to any job. And I think what I recognize is that for the first time, recruiting was something I could do just by selling a company that I love and being able to talk about an organization that I was all about. And oh, by the way, I got a paycheck with it. So you know, it was, it was fun to be, to be part of there too. I think one of the reasons why I love it so much is just, you know, events and meetings have always been wild to me. And to be able to, to get to that escape and have that human connection come together is something that I've always been very excited about. Um, the fact that I got to come in and, and work for an organization that is the industry leader in that, that's wild. And to be part of that in building the organization and building that out to change the industry for our customers, is, it's absolutely fantastic. And so I feel like um, yeah, I get to work with the best client ever and it doesn't go away. So, you know, as, what, like Tracy was talking about, you know, the, matching up the customer to, uh, to, to the candidate there. From my end, I've got to represent the right customer always. And it's something that I absolutely enjoy. So I just want to talk about right now, connecting people to work. And Tracy, I talked to you earlier about how, you know, the concern right now is how companies and their employees can begin shifting to online events effectively when, you know, all they've done up until this point is just live events. You told me about a couple of pivots or two pivots. Can you talk to us about that and how um, you use that to help address this problem? Yeah, sure. The, the first pivot, and I'm not sure if I would, I would call it a pivot necessarily, was when this first, when COVID first happened, I, I have a network of freelancers and really quick overnight work was gone. So I wasn't able to offer them the value of work. 
So we quickly um, put together the Reskill and Revive webinar series, and it was really based on the idea that freelancers are going to be home and they're not working for an organizations. And it was creating this community for them to plug into while we also could give them some, you know, tools to help grow their careers coming out of this. And, um, and what I didn't realize when I did that was that it was actually teaching my team as well how to run virtual events and giving us the understanding of how to do it and what competencies are needed. And, and through that journey, what we realized was so many of the uh, strengths and skills that event planners have to do it live, it's all the same. It's the same skills. When you're doing virtual events, you're hand-holding speakers in the same way. You're under the same amount of stress as when you're going live. Um, you have to have that sense of urgency. A lot of, the, um, a lot of the strengths aligned. So it was just figuring out how do we translate the strengths of um, the people that we already have and provide them with a platform and opportunities to learn it virtually. Yeah, I was actually having a conversation the other day with some one of the, the managers here at C-Event. We were talking about, you know, we've, we've taken some of our events virtual too. And it's kind of like, well, what are the, the planners? What is their role in this? And I'm like, you guys have no idea how much you need an event producer when you're doing a virtual event. And you, you have like no idea how, it's almost more like work to produce something like that. and not to mention the technology or event technologist. I mean, it's, there's a clear role for people even when they're sitting at home and we're not doing events face-to-face. -face. Yeah, and we, at First Soundings Connect How We Work, you know, each, each person's unique. And if you look on my website, we have personas for different types of positions. And it's really just to give people the idea of what types of things freelancers can do for them, right? And we see in, um, with virtual events, sometimes it's a merge of all different, you know, skill sets from, uh, from those positions. Um, which has been, you know, that part of it has been really interesting for us. And what we started doing was talking to our customers about the type of support that they needed and where, you know, where they thought their gaps were. And initially, you know, you think about this, um, I say the first step was we have freelancers that have done virtual events that were skilled in this already. So we surveyed our people, um, our freelancers and said, hey, who actually has this experience? And we had a lot of qualifiers to make sure that they really did. So we started with a pool of people that had it. So that way we can offer it to customers. Um, and then the next, like I said, was looking at whose strengths align with what needs to happen. But you know, a lot of meeting planners and rightfully so internal, like they, they want to learn the platforms and the, their jobs uh, are changing a lot. They're shifting. And yeah, for job security, you don't want to outsource the whole thing. You want to learn it. Um, but we are able to help provide um, people and um, freelancers to help support meeting planners on that journey where they're helping teach them and guide them and, you know, translating between the tech company and the meeting planner, what is happening and helping them grow for the future. Um, and then additionally, we have the opportunity with technology companies are growing so fast in the event tech space that there's a lot of handholding that needs to go on. I mean, it's, it's the same thing. If you have different breakout rooms live, you have different breakout rooms within the meet, within the virtual event, and you would have an onsite staff or a meeting planner there managing the speakers. The same exact thing's happening. We're just translating it to this virtual world. All within this kind of technology too. So 
I, I have to imagine there's a, there's a lot of skills that we're learning we have that we didn't even know we had. And now more than ever, we want to let everybody know. I mean, we know that there's a lot of planners out there that are potentially out of work as well and are really trying to translate these skills to get employment, even if it's short term. So, you know, I know, Matt, you have a lot of experience with the recruiting side of things. And so I wonder, is there any advice that you could give people or anything that you've seen maybe internal associates or external individuals do to help market themselves a little bit better? Maybe it's even like a LinkedIn profile. I don't know. You're the expert. Uh, you're spot on. Absolutely. And I think one thing that uh, is a great thing to really kind of grasp and internalize is that LinkedIn is not just a place to just apply for roles. It's a great way to use your own network, use other individuals, you know, for, for your benefit. I think that's a great way just to even stand out. Um, and I think a few things that I, I would, I would recommend folks, you know, look into is just using that network for their own benefit there. Being able to use individuals that you're connected to or be able to reach out and find other, other individuals that you can connect to. It's a powerful tool to have folks that can work for you when you just can't get it across the finish line. Um, and even groups like, like MPI or Events Industry Council, being able to, to join on board there and get to know individuals that might have connections that can help you get to where you need to go is a great help and it goes a long way. Um, and advice I'd give early on is, is for individuals is to, to go in and look into their own network, you know, see what they can find, see who they can get connected to. But if folks aren't confident with their connections and, or, or who they're connected with or being able to do that, I would say, start building that, that, that network that you have and reaching out to folks that might be old coworkers or old colleagues that you might have or, or other connections that you, might, uh, that you might have worked with and you've completely forgot about because you'll never know who's actually going to help in the end and, and get you where you need to go. Um, I think uh, some tools that we can give individuals to even help stand up further specifically with, let's just say using a LinkedIn profile, um, is really just kind of looking at enhancing the details that, that you have, um, at least on your own personal page there too. You know, as much as you know, the brand of CVEN is one, I, I personally believe that every individual has their own brand. And LinkedIn is a great way for you to really kind of customize that or individualize that as much as you can. Um, I would say when looking at just kind of um, someone's page or look at the, the jobs that they've had, I would say enhancing the details of each role is absolutely the way to go. And the more, the better. And it shows what you've done, what you have been able to accomplish. Um, it really goes a long way. Um, I think using the benefit of, of bulleting can really kind of help emphasize what you have done, what you were able to, to work on. And in fact, nowadays, you can even add in external links and URLs to each job that you have. Um, that's something that's really cool now that they can add in. It's like a, uh, a very digital resume that you can have where you can't have, you know, say links or interactive videos on your resume. It's on paper. LinkedIn's a great way to do that. And to I add love that. I was going to ask you about that, Matt, because that's one of the things that I'd love to do on my LinkedIn is within each job, you can kind of highlight some of the projects that you've worked Absolutely. on yeah. and link them out. And so people can really see your body of work without, you know, having to, to go dig for it. It's a really cool way to just, you know, highlight those, those projects you're really proud of. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing on that too, and I always tell folks is don't be afraid to use numbers to tell the story because mm -hmm. as much as you want to add in a quality of, Hey, I did this or that from a qualitative standpoint, bottom line is that showing metrics and numbers go a long way. You know, if for, for event planners, they're you know, talking about what their budget was, how many events they were doing on a regular basis. 
that helps other organizations recognize the compare and contrast in, um, you know, data points on, okay, if they've had a spend of just say, you know, X amount of thousands of dollars, that lines up to what we're probably going to be looking at, let's just say post pandemic, this might work out for us. And we can easily dive into conversations with each candidate about what we're trying to accomplish with it. So I think using specific numbers goes a long way. So don't be afraid to use specific data points. I agree, Matt, with that piece of it. And I think that piece is sometimes hard for event professionals because, you know, our event professionals feel good at the end of the event because other people feel good, right? And then we're moving on to the next one. So a lot of times planners don't feel like they have the data they need to, um, to show those, those things. So um, it's, it's funny we're talking about this. Our next webinar is actually on, um, we have a copywriter that's going to, and a persuasive writer that's speaking to our freelance network and talking to them about how they market themselves. And what we realized is that with Soundings Connect, I didn't want to just send people resumes because it, it wasn't speaking to the person. So we're working on a new summary um, profile sheet for each freelancer. And it touches on so much of what you just said, right? Yeah. Part of it is what are you, what accomplishments are you proud of? Well, those are things I want them to use data-driven results for, right? And show yeah. and show what they've actually accomplished. And then for the role, they might be a meeting planner and they might be able to build websites, right? But if they're applying for the meeting planning role, that will be very specific to why they're good for that role and then the key accomplishments that prove it as well. And this, this downtime we have right now, um, whether you are... Uh, you know, employed and you're still stuck at home, you know, at nights and on the weekends, or you're a freelancer trying to learn how to market yourself, you know, persuasive writing and learning more about marketing and how to position yourself is one of the most valuable things you can do with your time. Absolutely. And, and I think another thing too, that, that I definitely kind of push on folks or, or um, kind of recommend is to reach out to your own network for recommendations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think a lot of folks are hesitant. They're like, well, should I wait for someone to just be so impressed with me that they're going to write me a recommendation? That's great if everyone did that. It's just not the way the world works. And mm -hmm. I think that being able to, to ask individuals that you've been working with or haven't put an impact with to write a recommendation for you on your page goes a long way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the, the things too that, that I think makes some folks skittish sometimes is recognizing that no one is going to turn you down in these situations. Um, and I think in this type of setup there, you know, being able to, to recognize that courtesy of helping someone get to that next spot in their career, that's just like a, one of those things that's an unofficial courtesy everyone's going to give you. No one's going to say no to giving the time in. And for someone writing the recommendation, it's seconds that you get to give, but it could go a long way and verifying someone's candidacy for a position say, look, I've been through this with them. If, you know, if, in the case of planners, you know, I saw what their execution was. And to your point, Tracy, you know, folks were so pleased about this and excited about it. And that's hard to quantify, but that's something you can't really share in a resume, but a recommendation can do that. And that's it's, something that goes a long way. It's interesting what you just said, Matt, because um, when when we think about behavioral interviewing, right? And I'll still use behavioral interview questions with our freelancers because I get to know them personally. Um, but when you're preparing for, um, when you're preparing for behavioral interview questions, you want to think what are the competencies of the job that they're going to be looking for? And I think with recommendations, you want to think about it the same way, where you want to ask people very specific for very specific feedback about you in their recommendations. So you're touching on all of the different points that an employer is going to be looking for. Ooh, I like that, Tracy. So I love or the idea. Maker. Yeah. <laughs> 
like me. <laughs> you know, when you guys are talking about beefing up your LinkedIn profile, that was the thing that came to my mind was getting some professional recommendations. And it does go a long way. But what I've never done is really kind of, you know, um, guide that, that recommendation a little bit and kind of, you know, indicate some of the, the strengths that you want to have listed as well. I think that's super great. So your LinkedIn profile is beefed up. Everything is looking great. But where would you guys recommend people go if they need to find work, you know, whether that's temporary or permanent? Yeah, so um, obviously, uh, anybody that's looking for work, you're welcome to come to me. <laughs> uh, Soundings Connect is a network of freelancers. So we, um, we work to find customers that need freelance support. And right now, we're working really hard to find um, find customers that need virtual event support, right? So our network is our network is great for that. Um, you know, for marketers, there's there's other places to go as well, like Creative Circle. Um, you know, Upwork is always good if you're looking for something quick. Um, it's not really relationship based, so um, it just depends what kind of work you're looking for. Matt, what do you think about if full time jobs at this point? You know, I think one thing that we're going to have to start getting behind a little bit further is the reception to fully remote opportunities. And I think there are a lot of individuals out there that have always been hesitant to say, I could do something full-time remote. I think on the back end of this, that's going to change. And I think a lot of folks are going to be much more receptive to saying, hey, we've done this for months now of seeing high performers completely remote. You know, let's have a reception to this. So from my advice from, say, the, you know, the individual looking for a new position, don't be afraid to look outside of your area, you know, and I would say, you know, as opposed to just kind of, you know, you know, spreading across a, you know, a nationwide, you start with an area that, you know, start with an area that you fundamentally have some type of connection to. I promise it'll be a little fun on looking at for some positions there and say, Hey, you know, I've been to Chicago a few times. I've always had great times. Let's just see what happens there. Are there remote opportunities that we can look into? Um, I think just the, on the back end of this employers for full-time opportunities are going to be looking you know, to, to even be open to that possibility where they never had before. And it's just, yeah. it's the adapting mm -hmm. times. That, it's so true. And that's the thing with, you know, with freelancers and with freelancers being remote, um, if our customer doesn't need them in a certain area, for sure, I always recommend that they look virtually because your, your candidate pool is big, bigger. You have a better chance at getting top talent and the right talent if you're able to allow them to work virtually. And to your point, we've all gotten really comfortable now working virtually because we haven't had a choice. One of the things we used to, um, we always talk to our freelancers about is learn project management tools like a Trello or an Asana and learn communication tools like Slack or Teams. There's free versions of all of them. Just get in there if you're not already using them, play, play around with it and learn the language of those tools because those are the tools that are going to be imperative as we go more virtual and for freelancers that, that want to work remote. Yeah. And I think to your point there too, you know, it goes back to the pivot that you mentioned. You know, this is just, it's the way the industry move, is moving. And having folks on their own time frame maybe look at, you know, a new skill set or, you know, a new, you know, tool is, is going to go a long way. And, oh, by the way, you can add it back to that LinkedIn profile or back to your resume now and say, hey, I've learned this during this period. And it could help just enhance this virtual experience, this remote experience. That's, that's definitely a tip I would give. Would you say it would be a good time to get C-Vent certified? I can't think of a better time, bro. <laughs> he did it. Nice it's true. It's true, though. So when this, um, you know, so I, 
when I interview freelancers, one of the things I talk to talk about is their technical experience and what platforms they have experience with. And one of the things they always say, and I, I always ask about Cvent, and one of the things they say is, well, we don't have access to the platform. We've only used it if it was our clients and we can't learn on it. So it's a conversation I've been having with the team um, at Cvent for a while. And when this happened, I called our friends at Cvent and said, hey, I have freelancers that need to learn this and freelancers are going to be needed coming out of this. And your team um, was amazing right away. I said, would you do a webinar for me? And they said, yes, we'll, we'll do a webinar for you. We'll give them access to our platform and we'll give you um, complimentary certifications, which I know you're doing for everyone now, which is super amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's such a good opportunity to get that new skill set. Cause I have to imagine when we come out the other end or even during this time, there's all kinds of new like jobs and opportunities and skill sets that people are looking for. What are you seeing out there for planners and, and marketers? Maybe Matt, you can help answer that. Like what are they looking for in a candidate? Yeah. I, I think looking at that, that adaptability mm -hmm. on being able to embrace technology is huge, whether it is a tool like, like WebEx or, or Zoom, being able to maximize that and say, I've, I've been doing events at a certain level, you know, at the, you know, with the capacity that it has, that's going to go a long way than it ever has before. And I think that's just the, the way that it's, it's going to, to push even further as we go forward. And the, the back end of technologies, right? It's that all technologies are different, but there's a certain language to it. And I have found that the more technologies I dive in and learn, the more I'm able to help navigate, right? So I learned Salesforce really well. I know what that can do. So then when I'm working in Zoho, I know like somebody tells me something can't happen. I say, no, that doesn't make sense. That can happen. Or because I knew, you know, Salesforce really well when I was building out SMM programs in Cvent, just understanding the tech language, I could apply that to, um, to a Cvent build. So um, you know, knowledge will never be taken away from you. So it's a great thing to, uh, to learn right now during this time. But even if you're picking one platform like a Cvent to learn really, really well, it doesn't mean that's just helping you be good at building Cvent. It's helping you broadly understand technology. And that's what people need. Like I am looking for people right now for uh, positions to support virtual events, but I'm looking for uh, their aptitude for technology, not that they have experience with that platform. That's really, really interesting. Just Yeah. I feel like that's a really good point. Like, I yeah. mean, you might, you may not find that expert on that exact platform, but if they're going to be, if they have potential in all technology, then yeah, they can adapt for sure. I hope all of our listeners are taking all this advice. I mean, beef up your LinkedIn profile, you know, learn project management software, et cetera. But I guess my question is, what can our listeners do to set themselves apart when they're getting hired? I want to know, are there certain skills that planners are really honing in on right now? Or, you know, what are they getting trained on to set themselves apart and make themselves more marketable when they're finding a new job? So I, I'm a sucker for people that love education and that are self-starters. So I would say there's um, right, right now um, anybody that's really using this time to learn and grow and can speak to what they've done during this downtime. Um, it not only shows that they are a life learner and will continue to grow, but um, it, it also shows how dedicated they are to themselves and their career as well. And when you're looking for candidates, you want people that are self-drivers. And especially when we talk about working in a virtual world, <laughs> if you're working in a virtual position, you want to know that somebody's a self-starter. Yeah. 
I, I think you're spot on with that. And I, I think to even double down on that, sometimes it is a full-time job just finding a new job. There's mm-hmm. no question about it. It, it. it puts a lot of effort into it. And I would agree with you, Tracy, but folks that go above and beyond to show initiative, to show that self-starting mentality is huge. Um, and I think what I recommend folks do, and this goes back to a parallel thing that I said with LinkedIn, use your own network. It doesn't have to be on LinkedIn, but use your own professional work, network to work for your favor. So you know, if you're able to, to take those skills that you've just recently learned, add them into a resume, add them to what your experience is, and then go find a, one potential position or another that really does excite you, not only apply for that, but Cvent loves using the power of human connection. Use it to a different level in this setup. You know, use, use your own connections to get you set up there. Just because let's just say, for instance, and you mentioned Salesforce, if, if Salesforce has an opportunity and there's thousands of folks that are applying for it, if you are able to find some type of connection that used to work there or still works there or knows someone else that works there and, and be able to kind of create that human side of it and get connected with someone that can actually have a conversation about it, You've already stood out. You've already put yourself in a position that is above the 999 other folks that, uh, that have applied for it. So it goes back to what you mentioned, Tracy, is that self-starter mentality uh-huh. in the job search. Well, and also, Matt, with, with that, I think that for me, you know, a lot of people say there's a lot of technologies out there that match freelancers, right? And people always question me, why aren't you a technology platform, Tracy? And I said, because that's not where my value is. <laughs> my value is I'm tech enabled, but my value is in connecting people. And why customers want to work with me is because I've already done all of that vetting process for them, right? Like I've already understood the customer. I know my freelancers, boom, boom, boom. I'm presenting them with three candidates that I think that would be good for the freelance position. And it is the same, right? As when you are leveraging your own networks and you are getting connected through people, when you get a recommendation and you're trying to hire someone and it comes through a recommendation through a valuable source, you're like, great. Somebody already did a lot of the work for me, right? And you're, you're, you're left with about 20% of the work to do instead of 100. Totally makes sense. I feel like people get nervous reaching out to people and to ask for help. But once you've done it a few times, it gets easier. You know, we're all out here just wanting to help each other anyway. So to your point, Matt, like reach out to those contacts if they're at the company that you're applying for, even if you haven't talked to that person in a little while, like still just, you know, put yourself out there. This is how you're going to find that next great gig. Yeah. Well, the bottom one too is, I mean, think for an employer, it stands out as well. I, I you know, I can't speak for all companies, but for Steven internally, we absolutely love referrals. And I, I, I think historically, it's higher than 40% of our hires come from referrals. So we love being able to get our own employee base to work for our favor and to get connected with folks. And it tells a story already. You know, those individuals that you get connected with through in another employee or through a refer, it tells a story about them already. And that goes a long way. And, and it just makes the process so much more seamless across the board. Yeah. It's like you can almost like see your resume being pulled out from a stack of resumes when you have <laughs> that kind of personal referral. Yeah, they, they call that the black hole sometimes where it can get uh-huh. sucked in and, and I knew it. it doesn't go anywhere. That existed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here because um, in our previous conversations with you, Tracy, you mentioned a couple cool things that you're doing at Soundings Connect. I think our audience would be really curious to hear more. Um, the first thing I wanted to ask you about is the COVID response um, hotline that you have. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what that means to potentially people who are listening? Yeah, sure. So I'm part of an initiative called Hospitality and Events Fight Back, and we formed it right when this 
whole crisis happened. Um, my partner is um, Rachel Voss from Syzygy Cities, and she we are friends, and she is one of the most brilliant minds I've I've ever worked with. And we were having a conversation about you know about what was happening, um, and she was really into the data of COVID. So. Um, so we had this idea, well, what if we could use hotels um, to treat COVID patients and use the event industry to, um, to flip the hotels into what they need it to be? So it started with that concept and this really big idea. And what we realized is that um, we had the opportunity to expand it and not just talk about one or two hotel conversions, but connect people through the industry. And it was really based on finding people work and helping to stimulate the events community during this time. Um, so actually, so we created a platform to do this and connect people. And what ended up happening is other initiatives started popping up in our industry as well. It's very important for us as an industry to be united, right, as one voice. And you don't want to have competing initiatives because it's just noise. And also, we don't have all the time in the world. So um, we're actually announcing today, which is super, uh, super exciting. We partnered with, um, with Live for Life, who George P. Johnson is one of the companies that is, um, that is running that initiative. And they were already doing the piece that we were doing as far as the connections. So they're gonna focus on those connections. Um, and now our team is really focused on problem solving and solutions and innovation and how can we um, help solve some of the challenges we're going to have in the meetings and events industry and how can we create new products or services that will um, you know maybe replace some of the products and services that aren't relevant anymore moving forward so um, and also we're focused on getting um, cross-industry support so instead of us staying siloed in hospitality and events it's more important than ever now for us to work with different industries to solve some of these really complex challenges um, but you know we are as industries connectors that's what we do. We bring people together from all industries, um, all businesses, right, to come together to solve problems, to get better, to drive business results, to drive world change. So um, in essence, we're doing, again, we're doing what we always do, but um, we're, we're doing it in a different way. So um, we're launching a virtual hackathon um, today, the registration, and Cvent has been one of our partners from the very beginning of this initiative. Um, supported us the whole way and additionally um, that we'll be launching a C-Event registration site for um, anybody that's interested to um, apply to be a hacker and join one of these teams. That's so cool. We'll have to put the link in the description mm -hmm. of this podcast for anybody. Tracy, you were just like goals when it comes to what everyone should be doing <laughs> during our downtime here. Well, while I'm over there watching like trashy TV, you're making such a great difference in the world. And I just think it's, it's so cool the way that you've rallied around this industry and really trying to make a difference. It's really, really inspirational. Thank you. I yeah. mean, I this is I, this is the time that we all come together, right? Which is funny um, because we can't be together, but we we all need each other right now, and we also need community. We need community. So having these initiatives and just the ability, I've networked more in the last two months, right? Working on these initiatives than I probably did in the last year, 
and you have the opportunity right now to work with people of different pieces, parts of the industry and partner on projects that you wouldn't usually have the opportunity to. So I really encourage everybody to do it and get, in, get involved in something different during this time because the opportunities are there. We're such a community, right? And we really like to come together and help when we can. And it's such a, a unique skill set that I think we've, um, like you've said, you know, we've been able to leverage in really cool ways um, to give back. Brooke, on that note, I think it's time for our really difficult question oh, that we no, have. The, hardest the most challenging ever. question you're going to hear today. This is for both Tracy and Matt. If both of you had to leave our event professionals, our listeners with one takeaway or piece of advice with how to get help during this time, what would that be? Um, I would say being adaptable. I think the way that the events business in the industry is going, it's just, it's changing rapidly through this. And I think looking at where just virtual events were ultimately going to get to even prior to, you know, to, to pandemic, we were going to get there where online virtual events were going to be something of the future. But the bottom line is we accelerated this probably a hundredfold. And I think we're at a spot right now where getting behind that is, is really important. And I think being adaptable on what type of role within that industry that you might want to explore is really helpful. As Tracy mentioned, you know, looking at a new skill set, being able to adapt your own background with it can go a long way. I mean, I'll, I'll preface it this way, and not to ramble too much, but you know, how how many family relatives that we that we all have, you know, say six months ago refused to get on a FaceTime or any virtual <laughs> call with you? Now that's all they'll do. It's just because we're we're forced and backed into that. And in a similar way, I think a lot of uh, the events industry is going to have to get forced to get into that and to, to embrace that. So getting ahead of the curve as much as you can on learning new skill sets, learning, uh, as you mentioned, Tracy, to, to embrace that pivot, that's adaptability. And that's going to go a long way. Yeah, I agree. Adaptability is is huge. And it's also, we don't, we don't, I mean, this shocked us, right? We have no idea what the future holds for us. Um, but as long as you're adaptable, you're going to keep, you know, you're going to keep figuring it out and evolving. And, um, you know, I think how to get help right now, I would say one of the biggest things we've learned is to ask for help. And during this time, we've all experienced vulnerabilities that we may ne never have experienced in our lifetime. And we are all very vulnerable right now. And because of that, it is a time when, you know, you don't need to be perfect. You can try things. You can, you can fail. You can raise your hand and say you don't understand something or know how to do something. Or, you know, you are sad today because you've been stuck in your house for weeks. Like, it's, it's okay. And I think it's something coming out of this that we, we all can continue to take with us. If you need help, ask. There's people that, that will assist you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's solid advice. Yeah. This has been such a cool conversation. Um, Tracy, before we let you go, is there anything else that you want to promote with our listeners? We'll definitely put the link to the hackathon on here, but is there anything additional? You know, if you are, if you are a freelancer looking for work or you are, um, you've been displaced from your position, uh, please feel free to come to the, to the Soundings Connect website. You can apply to be part of our network. We're doing a lot education-wise and creating community um, for anybody that needs it right now. So we would love for you to uh, be part of that. And then our virtual hackathon again launches um, launches today and um, we're looking for people that want to be hackers and also want to be mentors for it so you're able to apply online with that 
Well, thanks again, Tracy and Matt. It was so great to have you guys on here. Um, thank you for joining today's very special edition video cast of How Great Events Happen. Wow, Tracy and Matt were so great to talk to. So many good tips on how to make yourself stand out and what skills to focus on during this downtime. I know, and I especially loved how they talked about some of the things that recruiters are looking for when they're hiring new talent. Also, I'm going to have to sign up for that hackathon ASAP. Yeah, me too. I just love they both gave us such valuable information. So for our listeners out there to get more episodes and exclusive content, head on over to cevent.com slash podcast. You can check out the episode description for a link to additional resources. And if anyone out there has tips or tricks they'd like to share, please let us know by emailing us at podcast at cvent.com. We'd love to have you on the show. Before you guys know it, we're going to have another great episode. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.